Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. had to deal with a lot of uh, bad news this week where we we've had to kind of struggle with that this is something that happens often so as we come to this chapter these verses that we're going to look at today we're going to notice how it's very similar to certain things we've talked about in the past but whether it's a good whether it's good that's happening or or maybe something that's bad that's happening the choices we make in our lives in between those situations and those circumstances the way we deal with those circumstances is very important I think we can all agree how we deal with them ultimately has an outcome and it affects not only us as people, but it affects the people around us. Two recent examples of these cases that recently came up, as a matter of fact, doing, you know, with different attitudes, ended up having different results. And I'm talking about Sprinter Shikari Richardson and Sprinter Sydney McLaughlin. I don't know if you heard of them. I wanted to use this as an example of what I mean, but, uh, but please know that I'm not by any chance, by any means, trying to judge them as believers. I have no idea who these girls are. I don't know anything about their lives. I don't know how their lives is with God. This is not about that, okay? I'm not coming here to judge them as believers or not. I don't know which one of them is going to heaven, if they both are. Good, right? That's not what this is about. This is not about race. This is not about character. It's not about a political view. Okay, I just want to make sure we get that, right? Because nowadays, you know, the example that they put towards in their circumstances is in choices they made when they were struggling. Let's start for starters with Shakari, right? She qualified for the Olympics and was favored to win the gold in the 100-meter race. But prior to this race, she had was struggling with something. She had a circumstance that wasn't very much in her favor. She had to just suffer through the loss of her mother. Her mother had passed away. She had a difficult relationship with her mother, but her passing still affected her. And she said that needing a way to cope with her circumstances in order that she may be able to put on a smile when she goes on the stage of the Olympics, she made the decision to use drugs to help her through it. Now, on the other hand, we have Sydney, right? She also qualified to the Olympics, but on the 400-meter holders. Prior to the race, her circumstances wasn't in her favor either. She was struggling with the pressure of the sport. This is a lot of pressure that comes into being uh, an Olympic runner. She was also coming in second through her races, and she was struggling with bad practices, delays, and bad races. The first time years ago, a couple of years ago, right, she qualified. Coming up into this year with a lot of pressure. Again, coming in second, not being first. And whoever's, you know, you don't go to the Olympics to be in in third or fourth, right? You're going to want to win first, right? If you get second, you're like, oh, okay, you got to be grateful about it. But that's not your goal. Your goal is not to go there and be like, oh, I just want to show up, right? That's not your goal. So she has a lot of pressure. 
But to cope with her circumstances, she says she put her focus on Christ. She said, I no longer run for self-recognition, but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith. That's what she said. To deal with her circumstances and the troubles and the pressure that she had in her life, she didn't go to substances, uh, 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 drugs or, or anything. She went to Christ. When the struggle came, she chose to keep her eyes on God. Yeah, I know the circumstances are different. One, I think, is a little bit more difficult, right? But everyone has their own set of struggles in their life. And those are your struggles because they're your struggles. That's what you call them. This is what I struggle with. Because whether it is what it is, is your own struggle. We all have our own struggles, our own circumstances to deal with that are difficult for us. But we all have the responsibility for the way we deal with them. That's on you. And I know some will say, well, who are we to tell anyone how to cope and how to deal with their circumstances? Who are you to tell me how am I supposed to deal with this? And I agree, I am a nobody. I'm really nobody to tell you how to deal with your, with your circumstances and your struggles. But God gave us an answer to how we should deal with whatever circumstances we have in our life. He gave us his answers and he set out teachers to teach us about these things. And by the grace of God, Paul does just that in chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 4. And we're going to take a look. And we start right in chapter 4, verse 4, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So the idea of rejoicing is found about 13 times, give and take, depending what version uh, you're reading and the words they used about 13 times in this whole letter alone. Joy is the main focus of uh, this letter to the, to the church of the Philippians. It's all over this letter. The last couple of weeks, whoa, it's been like maybe six, seven weeks. All we talked about is how to find joy in the way that we live life as Christians, in the things that are part of being a Christian. How do we find joy in those things? Paul calls us many times to have joy in the life of a Christian. So the word rejoice here means to be glad, to be good cheer. It is joy that goes beyond just being happy. We all think that oh, I, being joyful is being happy. It's not. Okay, it's not the same thing. And when Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, you got to understand that this is not Paul giving us a recommendation. He's not saying, hey, I kind of recommend you, you know, find a way to have joy in your life. Might work something good for you, you know. No, he's commanding us that we should have joy in our life. And of course, before anyone says, what does he know about being joyful? Who is this guy to tell me to be joyful all the time? Again, remember who's writing this. This is Paul. This is the same Paul who lost everything, who gave up everything to follow Christ. 
He has been in prison when he wrote this letter. It's been about two years already. He's in prison for two years. And now, guess what? He's facing death. So this is the guy who's about to get killed and be killed for what he believes, for what he was teaching, for what he was preaching. But yet, this is the same Paul that we would think needs encouragement, yet he's the one encouraging us. And what Paul is saying is not just an afterthought. He's not just saying, hey, I just came up with this thought. What do you guys think? This is something he knows first hands to have joy in the midst of all the trouble and all his circumstances. He has experience with this. But here's the thing that we can't miss. He says, they must rejoice in the Lord. Understand what that is. Rejoice in the Lord. He's not saying rejoice in your circumstances. Rejoice in something you're given. In, rejoice in your job. Rejoice in what the world's giving you. He says rejoice in the Lord. The Lord. It doesn't come from something the world can give you or something you can get from your circumstances. It is not in there. You're not going to find it. Right? We look at things in the world and say, maybe we can find our happiness in it. Yes, you can. Because happiness is one, one thing, right? You're happy now and later you, you know, it's temporary. Later you cannot be happy, right? If you're looking for joy in those circumstances, you know, those things can change. Today could be a good weather and I'm like, wake up in the morning, wow, it's good weather, it's sunny outside. I like when it's sunny. I like when, and then, you know, I'm happy. And, and then five minutes later, it's raining. It's like, oh, bummer. There goes my joy. No, that's not it. That's not the joy that we're looking at. This is a joy that's only found in Christ. Only in the Lord can we rejoice. And that is because only in the Lord can we see who He is. We can see what He has done and what He's going to do. Only in Christ, in the Lord, always. Always. He didn't say sometimes. He didn't say where circumstances are good, rejoice in the Lord. He says always. Every moment, every day, in every circumstance, the good, the bad. He's saying always rejoice in the Lord. Now Paul knows that there's no escaping the circumstances, right, that makes it makes someone very difficult to find that joy, right? It's He's not saying, hey, you're not going to ever experience anything that's going to bring you uh, trouble or anything or, or tears or sadness. He's not saying that. He knows. He's aware. And though God allows or ordains everything, sometimes these circumstances are brought on by people themselves. So because of that, Paul has two things to tell him. First, right there in verse 5, says, let your reasonableness be known to end to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So different known to everyone. This word can be also translated as merciful. Let your mercy, maybe graciousness without relenting, showing tolerance, maybe kindness. That's what Paul is talking about. 
If you read the beginning of chapter 4, Paul knew there's some trouble between brewing between two women. And maybe he's causing a bit of an issue within the church. So Paul is saying, don't, let, don't be easily moved by the things that people say and do to you. John Calvin points out that Paul is saying, it's directing them to conduct themselves peacefully in everything, exercising control over themselves, even when enduring injuries or inconveniences. He's saying when people are trying to split you up or, or curse you or, or damn you or, or just make you trip or, or, or trying to steal things from you, you know, trying to hurt you on purpose, don't let that take the joy away. Don't others. Whether people are causing you grief or not, whether, whether whatever it is that people are doing, we must be a spirit like that of Christ. We must walk like in the mirror of Christ. Christ was offended many times. Christ was put in and across by people. But yet he was always gentle and humble. And he always prayed for them. He always cared for them. That is how we ought to walk. That's what Paul is saying. And this spirit that we must walk, that is like of Christ, must be seen by all men. And even though there can be possible conflicts within the own body of church, right, within ourselves, there can be conflict, disagreements. Maybe somebody's talking bad about somebody, right? Just like whatever was happening there. Paul's telling them, because we can't avoid these things. In verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I mean, we can say Paul was living a very challenging time in his life, right? I mean, by, by my standards, that's even over what I call challenging. I mean, I don't know if I'm capable of, you know, dealing with, I only pray that I can just be half the man he was and be able to deal with that the way he did. But at this point, he really only has two choices. He can panic, start complaining, start making, you know, saying things and protesting and, and, you know, things that we do, right? Or he can find peace in God. Of a uh, Canadian, uh, we all know that Canada is not letting churches gather and stuff. So uh, if you do, guess what? Pastor goes to jail. So this morning I was watching a video of a pastor getting arrested right in front of his family, his family's wife and kids. He had like six, seven kids. And he was just, you know, out of peace with him going to jail. The kids were a little bit bothered by it, but he was at peace. He could have gone in there and protested and fought with the cops and, and assisted arrest and done all this, but he was at peace. So Paul is saying in, first, in the first part of verse 6, he's telling them, don't be anxious. Anxiety here means to be troubled with care. 
He says, don't be. Put up a defense. Put up a wall. Don't let the circumstances in your life bring you anxiety. Whether it's health, wealth. He's telling them, don't worry about those things. Luke 12, chapter 12, verse 25, 26. Jesus himself says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Has anybody added a single hour to their life recently? Ah, definitely not. Not that I'm aware of, at least. As a matter of fact, the more anxiety I get, the more stressful I get, the worse I feel. It's almost like I feel like I'm cutting my life short. We know that's not the case, but it feels like that. And he continues, he says, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Jesus first commanded them to live like this, and now Paul reminds them not to worry about tomorrow or your circumstances in this case. I mean, he's not saying attention to them, but in the process of dealing with them, don't let those things be a cause of anxiety to your life. But instead, what you should do with those circumstances is you bring those requests on to the Lord. But when you bring those requests, you do them in prayer. This is the time that you specifically choose to specifically spend time speaking to God, right? This is when you're addressing God directly in your, in your space. Whether you're choosing specific space in your home to do so. Or if you're just in the car. If you're choosing to spend time with God in your car. or This is when you purposely go to God and, and spend some time with Him. And then you do it in supplication. Supplication. This is when you come with something specific. This is when you're asking God for specific. It's not, God, just help me. No, help me with what? Tell God what is it you need the help with. That's why I always say, hey, okay. Can you pray for a circumstance in my life? Which one? Right? Because you can be like, hey, can you pray for the circumstance I have in my life? I'm like, okay. So I go to God, God, please. Help them. And the circumstances that you want to steal your friend's girlfriend or something. Or you, you want to cheat on your wife or somebody else. And be like, oh, that's the circumstances. Oh, yeah, God, please, please give it to them. So be specific. Be specific. Please pray with me about this in specific. So I can go to God and be like, God, I am praying and supplicating for this specific thing. And then do it with thanksgiving. Being thankful in all and for everything. We ought to be thankful for what he has already provided and for what he's not going to provide. We must come with gratitude towards the Lord because what he has already done is enough. If God doesn't give you nothing from this point on, that's fine. Because he had already given you something. So then be anxious for nothing Prayerful in everything and thankful for anything. 
So why is this the key to being able to rejoice in the midst of all your circumstances? And Paul tells them in verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is it. This is what brings joy into your life. This is where joy comes from. Paul tells them, because you do this, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. That peace that God is going to give you is what's going to give you joy. And the peace that Paul is talking about here is uh, inner calm. When you're calm, everything outside is going crazy, but you inside you're, you're calm. This is the peace that surpasses all understanding. They're going to come. Hey, man. You know, everything's kind of going crazy in your life right now. Why is it that I don't see you freaking out or anything? And you're going to be like, I don't know. Your only response is going to be because of Christ. Because you can't understand, you can't explain it with your words because it's so difficult to, to even comprehend that peace and how even it's working in your life because it's coming from Christ himself. All the words you can say is because of Christ. It's difficult to explain that. And that's exactly where it comes from comes from this peace only comes from the lord you're not going to find this peace anywhere in this world nothing no matter how hard you seek or hard you work or how much you you try to obtain you're never going to find this peace you're not going to now paul goes on to say in verse 8 and 9 finally brothers Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commandable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worth of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and God of peace will be with you. Paul tells them, from, from this time on, you need to have the right mind. You need to have your mind set on the right things. Paul knows that the change God makes come from within you first. And this includes your minds. God changes your heart, but God changes your minds as well. And that's where it starts. And the right thinking is going to lead you to the right living. So they have to guard their minds and keep their whatever is genuine, reliable, faithful. It says whatever is honorable, whatever is morally attractive, elevated, and noble, whatever is just, whatever is holy and right in front of God, whatever is pure, whatever is morally and ethically clean and wholesome. It says whatever is lovely, this is whatever is admirable. Whatever is commandable, whatever is well spoken of by God and highly respectable by God. 
He says, things, are, things that are excellent, whatever is high moral standards that reflects God, and then things that are worthy of praise, is whatever provokes praise in your heart, whatever is worthy of giving praise to God for. And if you notice, all these things is just a reflection of Christ. So again, you need to be more like Christ. That's why it just goes on beyond just thinking about them, positive things, right? Paul tells them those things along with everything else you have learned, they must be lived out. It is easy to have good thoughts, just as easy as it is to have bad thoughts. But it starts there. It starts with God changing your mind. And then you live it out. Remember, it starts from within. The change starts from within and then it moves outwards. There's something we need to understand as we live this out in our own lives. That is, how exactly does this look in our daily life? How exactly can, can, can this be even a reflection of who we are? How do we, how do, we do this with, with everything that's being thrown at us? I mean, every day is something new. Because if one thing is another, sometimes it just starts to pile up. All these problems and all these things that are coming into our life, it's just starting to stack up to a point it's like, okay, at what point is it going to continue? I mean, one thing is reading about it, right, and understanding it, right? We read it, we see what Paul can do this all day. But living it, how does that really look like? How exactly can we rejoice always while every day there's new problems, new struggles, and new circumstances? I'm just going to give you three, three ways. First, rejoice in the Lord always does not mean you will never feel depressed or sad. Okay, understand this. Rejoicing doesn't mean that you will never cry. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and then verse 4 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Verse 4 says, A time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a time for everything. Even Jesus himself, John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus. So to think that Paul is saying that you will never have these feelings, we're not really understanding what Paul is saying here. To think that if we, if we believe and ask God or proclaim positivity in our lives in order that nothing bad ever comes, is really something true. And you've got a bit of a problem. Because that's not what Paul is saying. You will have pain. You will have struggle. You have so much of it that you're not even going to know what to do with it. You're going to have so much of it that you're going to want to give up. But in the middle of all that that's happening around you, you're going to have peace because the Lord is with you. That's what he's saying. Our command is not to feel these things. Our command is not not to feel these things. Our command is to cast your troubles onto the Lord. 
But again, it's not for us to think, oh, I shouldn't be crying or I shouldn't feel sad. Oh, a family member passed. I should be all cheerful. Is that when all that happens, your inside is at peace because God is with you. Second thing, rejoicing in the Lord is a choice to be obedient. It's not a feeling that you get. When the circumstances and the troubles of life are coming down on you, you have two choices just like Paul did. Either you're going to panic or you're going to look to Christ. Are you going to find different ways to cope with it? Or are you just going to turn to Christ? We're all going to be faced with this decision. We used to sprinters as an example. Just like them, we're going to need to make a choice whether we're going to obey God of doing this by rejecting God. Third, rejoice in the Lord in the Lord. We'll have to go beyond our circumstances. Who can say here that they find joy in pain and suffering? Does anyone here find joy in pain, in pain and suffering? I know some who say, well, if I cut myself, I, I feel better. Because it's creating pain. But that's just to cover up more pain. More pain that they don't want to deal with, so they cover up with other types of pain. That's all it is. So when we rejoice, it's not because we're in good place or in a bad place. The circumstances is not what determines your joy. Or allows everything to come to pass. He allows it. God is always in control. And that, to me... It's enough to be at peace. I get it. It sucks. I get it. It's hard. I get it. It's difficult. But God is in control of everything. You know, I may know some of your struggles from conversations that we've had in the past. You know, you may have approached me to talk about something. Or maybe you just asked me to pray for it, right? There might have been those. I mean, I don't know every one of your struggles. But just because I don't know your circumstances doesn't mean that there's no hope. Because your hope is not found in whether I know it or not. It doesn't mean that you're not worth anything. It doesn't mean that no one loves you. I want to tell you this, even though we have fallen short, the Lord is... So go to Him with prayer. Go to Him with supplication and thanksgiving. He's going to give you that peace that, will, that, that surpasses our understanding. He will give you peace that not, nothing in this world can give you. And then you'll be able to rejoice always in all circumstances. Church, pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord... Thank you for your word. Thank you for, for what you've given us, Father. We just, we just pray that we can live this out, Father. Father, change our, our, the way we think. Change our hearts. 
Change who we are, Father, that we may rejoice in everything, no matter what it is. Father, thank you for what you already done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross when we don't deserve it, Father. Allow us to understand that and, and, and find peace in what you've already done, Father. And in this work that you're doing in our lives, Lord, that we may find peace in it as well. Because we know that whatever you're doing in us, whatever you're doing around us, is all for the good, Father. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library of sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Holy City Church.